Hey, today we're, I want to talk, continue what we've been talking about, and we've been talking about passion. Today I want to talk about being passionate, and because we are passionate people. If you don't believe me, go to football games and see how passionate people are about sports and their team. Man, they get really loud, don't they? I mean, it's just like, oh, my team, oh, yeah. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm not going to shout for a team that's throwing away a pigskin that they call a football and be quiet in church to the God who made me. Not going to do it. Why? Because I'm passionate about God and worshiping Him. And the Bible gives us a lot of indications how we are to worship Him. So I'm going to probably have to do this in two parts. I'm not going to be able to get fit this in on six hours. So we're just going to have to be able to divide this up here. Yeah, you caught it. You're awake. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're awake and here. You just woke a couple people up. But that's great. That's great. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 16 and verse 18, you know, he, he's passionate about the church. And, and we are made in his image. So we are passionate individuals as well. And, and Jesus said, I will build my church. That's you and me. That's not these walls. The church is us. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Aren't you glad for that? I'm so thankful that God loved us so much that he came to earth to die on Calvary. He rose again the third day. Now we too can have eternal life. I'm thankful for that. So I believe that church needs to be individuals who have found a relationship. Everybody say a relationship with God Instead of just boring religion, oh, I can't stand boring religion, where living for God is not a duty, but it is a delight. Oh, yeah, I'm fired up, and I didn't even have a Starbucks this morning or a Round Rock Donut. I am excited. We should be a church that God is all about, like a breath of fresh air. We shouldn't be sad coming to church. Remember the scripture says, I was glad. Some of you have been, I was mad when they said unto me. No, that's not the scripture. The scripture says, I was glad. I'm, I'm sad that I have to wait six more days for Sunday to come around so we can worship together. That's the kind of attack we need As Christians, it's not a duty, but it's a delight. We need to be passionate about God. Everyone say passionate. Yo, that was a good one. Passionate about God, about coming to this building and having a relationship with God, reading our Bible and praising Him. Look at Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8. Notice what Jesus is saying about the religious people of that day. These people honor me with their what? With their lips. But their what? Their hearts are far from me. They worship me in what? Oh, 
That's scary stuff right there. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. God's not interested in human rules. He's interested in those with pure and clean hearts that will worship him. God never intended for church to be sad and to be boring. That they can't wait till it's over so that they can go find a lubies that's still open somewhere. <laughs> no. We have things that we're crazy about. Why don't we be crazy about God? Just crazy in love with God. As a Christian, we should be a bonfire, not a matchstick. That's a big difference. I, I want to put and fan a flame in each and every one of us today. Have you, have you heard the guy, movie star, politician say, I'm here to pump you up? Well, I, I'm here to light you on fire is what I'm trying to do. Come alive. It's a new day. We are the believers. We are the children of the Most High God. We have every reason in the world to get excited for Jesus. Amen. Ah, people have turned church into something that it shouldn't be. And it happened in the days uh, when we look into the New Testament. And I, I want to show you something that these individuals were doing. Now, there were church people, and they were really cheating. Everybody say cheating. They were selling animal sacrifices that had blemishes that they would just kind of whitewash if there was a problem or if there, if there was like different kind of money that needed to be exchanged, then they had money coin operators that would, uh, yeah, I'll give you, you give me one of your dollars and I'll give you like 75 cents back that you can give in, in the service. So, so Jesus is, is seeing what's going on. And it was a money-making thing. And he was not happy. Talk about passionate about, about his house. Let's look at some areas that, and we're, we're going to start with this, John chapter 2. Some areas of passion that God is passionate about. John chapter 2, verse 14. We'll start there. In the temple area... He saw some merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. And that's, that's, they weren't really being honest. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Now, here we go. We're going to talk about passion. Jesus made a whip. Now, how many had a mama? Or a daddy that had that same kind of ability? And if there wasn't something to spank you with, you had to go find one and hand it to them. How many had a parent like that? Anybody besides me? Yeah. Those were good mommies and daddies, believe it or not. My grandma used to say, she used to quote a scripture, but she would misquote it on purpose. The scripture was this, was this beat them, they shall not die. She said, kill them, they shall not die. And she just about did. 
that Jesus is some kind of upset, and he's making a whip. Jesus made a whip from some ropes, probably from some of the ropes of the cattle that they, they had, you know, some of the animals, and chased them out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and cattle, scattered the money changers' coins over the floor, and turned over their tables. Now that's some passion going on right there, folks. This one interesting word comes next. Then, it's like, if that's not bad enough, then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Jesus, I don't want you mad at me. When I see a two by four in the middle of a tree from a tornado, I don't want God mad at me. Can I get a good amen? Then his disciples remembered this prophecy, and it came from Psalm 69, from the scriptures. Passion for God's house will consume me. Passion. There's that word. Passion for God's house will consume me. And I pray that we will always be a church that is passionate for God. Can I get another good amen? Amen. I love serving God. And I want to talk about a few things. I don't know how many we'll get through today. But the first thing that I want us to be passionate about is prayer. And if you want to take some notes, that's, that's a good word to write down. Prayer. Everyone say prayer. I think it's so funny. You ask people, let's all pray. And everyone does this. They won't say a word. Voices go down. Gets quiet. Well, actually, there is a sea law in the Bible where you pause. The bottom line is most of us have that down. We're good at that one, just being quiet. But there's also the scripture that indicates that prayer is loud and boisterous. In the book of Acts, the Bible says they raised their voices together in prayer. And the place they were praying was shaken. Now that's some pretty good praying, folks. (laughs) That's really good praying. That's exciting prayer. That's passionate prayer. It it, it would be like, have, have you ever heard the roar at a stadium when somebody just makes a touchdown? It's a roar. And that's the kind of prayer that was, the loudness that was going on. Jesus said in Matthew 21, 13, it is written. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. See, they were cheating on these animal sacrifices. James 5 and 16. And this is, I want you to catch this today. The effectual, fervent prayer. Now that's passion. That's intensity. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, what? Avails much. 
So what's the opposite of that? Well, if there's not fervent prayer, maybe there's not a lot that avails. So I grew up in a church that prayed loud. They praised loud. I I call it fun church. It was crazy church. It was awesome church. And it was loud. I mean, it was dangerous church for children. Because people would run around the building. And I, I remember looking, I was, I was about where this young man is right here. And I, I was standing there, you know, just kind of praising the Lord. And, and you know, it was just kind of fun church at that point. You know, you get to watch all the brothers and the sisters. And they're, they're doing this, you know. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I do that every so often myself when no one else is around. Because it's not, it's not good looking at all. But he likes it. Okay. So... That's the kind of church I grew up. I, I, I remember this one, this one gentleman running, 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 and then he comes up here. Well, sadly, there was a group of people over here, and it was kind of like bowling. And all the people just fell down. And I never forget. Now, that is not in order. In fact, running's not a form of, of praise in the Bible. So that, that's why you won't see that happening around here unless... Unless there's a little bug on the chair, uh, some of you might be running uh, away from that. Thankfully, that has never happened. Everybody said amen. Thank the Lord for that. So here's, here's what I want to talk about. But have you ever been at a meeting or a function where you know, everybody's joining hands and everybody's going to pray? Now, I, I was not raised in a church like that. Everybody lifted their voice at the same time and prayed. But I remember... When, when I first went to a church where, a meeting where everybody just held hands and it was like one person prayed, then another person prayed, and another person prayed. And woe be unto the person who prayed last because all the good material was used up. It's horrible to be last in those kind of prayers. It's like, we're going to pray for the policemen of this city. And... And they're praying. And you know what they do? <laughs> the comedian talks about this too. It, they squeeze your hand when you're next. Have you ever had the squeeze, squeeze happen? You know, you're standing around in prayer. That means they want you to pray next. I'm done. It's your turn. Well, by the time everybody says what they want to say, it's like, well, I ain't got nothing else to say. You know, it's just, so I, I figure, you know, scripture says Jesus wept. So that was two words out of the Bible. So I thought, I'll say my two words, Lord help. That didn't go over very good, but it worked for me. But, you know, squeeze, squeeze. And something else, though, I, I, I never did understand why people in our circles in our past said, I have an unspoken request. Well, maybe it needs to be spoke. You know, there's life and death. Okay, never mind. Some of you have no clue what I'm even talking about. We need to be a people who's passionate after God in prayer. Now, I'm trying to keep this a little light, doing the best I can. But at the same time, I'm serious about this because when we pray, we shouldn't let someone else do the praying for us. There's power in our prayer, and there's life and death that we actually can speak when we are praying unto God. And it's very important that I encourage you as a pastor that let's all pray 
that you don't stand there and be quiet and just kind of look around. No, you you get involved and in, in, in let's whatever the need is, or if we're worshiping and, and just just you know, I tell people that are new, just try to think of what the face of God looks like and just start talking to Him if you have to and say, God, I thank you for helping me this week. You know, there, there's all kind of stuff that you can start praying to Him about. So what happens? If the fire has gone out of your prayer, well, this, and if you want to jot this down, make prayer our first response, not our last resort. Amen. Pray first. Make prayer our first response, not our last resort. So something else I want to tag on from last week that we should be passionate about, and that's our praise and our worship. And I loved what I felt in praise and worship just a few moments ago, but I, I have, I have been praising and worshiping God. I actually have been involved in music at a church for fifty years. You say, "Well, how can you say that?" Well, my first wedding that I played at, I was eleven years old. Somehow, I, I, I could hear music. I was able to play it. I was able to make it sound somewhat decent, you know? And I remember when I was 11, and the reason I know, because my parents got my picture taken with the corsage. You know, they give you one of those, those corsages, you know, when you at the weddings. And uh, I'll never forget it. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not skinny today, but I was chunky then at 11. And I took my chunky self up, and I got, walked up to the keyboard and people were watching it, and people were like, honey, what's he doing? And I, I saw big mouths open because, you know, they, it, the wedding was getting ready to start. And, and I know that some people were probably horrified. Oh, what's this kid doing? And all of a sudden, I started playing, I love you truly, truly, dear. My wife's shaking her head, no, don't sing that anymore. Don't sing that. But that was the song. That was the song. How many remember that song? You're old. No, I'm just, I love you truly. Yeah, I started playing it. Life with its sorrows, life with its tears. It's really kind of a sad song. I don't know why we sang it at weddings, but it was, we did. And I, I remember I, I thought, well, I'm just going to plop myself down here, and I'm just going to play because that's what I do. That's who I am. And I had practiced enough to where I felt comfortable doing it. 11 years old. What I want to tell you is that when we first started this church for the first 10 years, I, I basically, I led worship. In fact, when you started a church work, you're normally the, the worship leader, you're the preacher, you're the janitor, you're the yard maintenance, you're <laughs> all the above. And thank you for people that have stepped up and helped. But all my life, I've been involved in praise and worship. What I love about being a leader of music is being able to show people what worship actually should look like according to what the scripture says. And for me, I love it. It's something that's just inside of me. It's part of my spiritual DNA. I love showing people how to worship. And I know there's there's places you can go and there's there's all kind of different music and uh, there's traditional type of quote-unquote Churches, and I, I think that's so funny, because if King David 
could go to a traditional style worship service, he would say it was contemporary. Think about it. What? What are those chords? You know, because most of the stuff that they did in Bible days was in the minors. So, some of you go, minors? You mean like coal miners? No, you, you have no idea. You need some music classes. And what can be troubling about those styles of churches is that they just sit there like a knot on a dill pickle. And they quote the scripture and nothing moves me. Nothing moves me. Now, as you could tell, we, we try to do all kinds of music. We did some country. We did some progressive. We, we did some older music today. Nothing wrong with that. But you, you can't sit there and do nothing and expect God to do something for you. He says, ask and you shall receive. Give and it shall be. Come on, somebody. Am I, I'm speaking. I'm preaching good today. Now, you, you can go to those kind of churches. And sometimes I, I think it's, it's just a way for people to sit back pridefully and not have to worship. And yet watch them when, when they go to a baseball game. Or watch them when, when they're at a concert. And they come to church. Close their mouth and say nothing. That is not what the scriptures say. No. In fact, the biggest chapters of your Bible, it's called Psalms. And it has 150 chapters in it. And it has some of the most demonstrative verses that you can read in the Bible. I read it this morning. Clap your hands, all ye people. All ye people is everybody. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Yay! Old blood's kicking in. Ha! Clap your hands. Shout. The Bible says, praise him, not only on the cymbals, which are loud, but then he says, the loud-sounding cymbals. Praise him on the trumpet and praise him on the string. Let everything that hath breath praise Ye, the Lord. Woo! Yeah, yeah. And I refuse to let our worship get all conservative and low-key. A lot of times people say, well, I don't like that song. Well, guess what? This song wasn't about you. That's what I want to say. And then I go, self-control, Jeff. Self-control. Self-control. Uh, God has a funny idea that church is all about him, right? Now, Mark 12 and 30. And boy, this, this should bring conviction to some of us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all of your soul. 
your emotion, your passion, with all of your mind. And it doesn't stop there. And with all your strength. Are you getting this today? Folks, and, and I know you, you have songs that you love and songs, you know, that mean a lot to you. But when we take songs out of the Psalmist David's book and we put them to music in our day, it's not about us. It's about him. I, I, I asked a friend one time to come help us. He, he plays an instrument so awesome. And, and he said, well, I don't like your music anymore. And since he was a friend, I told him, well, I don't like your music either. Because he likes that old 80s Hosanna integrity music. Now, that's fine if that's what you like. But we're trying to reach kids that they think our music's kind of, yeah, it's all right. And we, we're trying to reach another generation. Come on, somebody. We're, we're trying to reach them. Now, we're trying to have a balance in this thing. And, and, and we're, we're trying... Not to only do just one thing, but love the Lord your God with all your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. Why? Because God is so worthy to be praised. When I was, when I was going to church back in the day, this is the kind of stuff that we did. Are you ready? When the saints go marching in, oh, when the saints go marching in, how I want to be in that number. When the saints go, when the saints go marching in, oh, when the saints go marching in. something going on now I cut my teeth on that stuff I've seen and heard all kind of music now I remember going and talk about not liking all kinds of music I grew up in section four 
Illinois district. And they did nothing but country music. I did not. Jeffrey does not like country music. It's too easy to play it. Oh, that great speckled bird. You know the great speckled birds about the sins of Israel? They're singing about the sins of Israel. Didn't even know it. But you know what? I was patient. I worshiped with them. I didn't like it. Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. But I worshiped with them. Why? Because it's called unity. And I've heard some groups, and Freddie will sing, give us some songs. He's sitting in the back back there. And there are some songs, I mean, it's got rap music in it. I did not say rat, R-A-T, R-A-P, rap music. It's not my thing. I don't, I don't do it. I can't even, but this guy can. This guy can. He, he's awesome at it. In fact, he, he does songs. He, he's got songs on Spotify. He's rapping for Jesus. Wrap it up, brother. Wrap it up. Rapping. Now, I personally don't like it because it's not my taste. It's, I can't half understand these new singers, what they're saying, because they, they take their vowels and do something funny with it now. Have you noticed that? You ever watch The Voice? It's like, what they just say? Somebody likes it because they're making a lot of money on it. But the bottom line is, if we're going to be the body of Christ, you may not like the song, but worship anyway. Praise God anyway. Yeah, you may not understand what they're saying and, you know, from time to time, but ever so often, I'm sure you're going to hear the word Jesus. Right? My point is this. We, we get all worked up if we don't like the song, whom we do this. Or if it's an old hymn, finally they did something I can relate to. Or if it's rap music, oh yeah, digging that. You know, let's, let's unify as the body of Christ and let some of our fears go thinking of, you know, can God be glorified? And some of you, you're at the foot level of worship. You tap your toe. That's a great start. Let it move up the rest of your body. The Bible says to clap your hands, to shout. I think Paul said, I, I wish that men everywhere would lift holy hands unto the Lord. I could go on and on about this, but the bottom line is I want you to give God a praise on Sunday like you gave your team a praise on Saturday. And not give God less 
on Sunday than what you gave some people that don't even know you, the praise that you gave on Saturday. Let your fears go and lift up a shout unto God. It's going to be a try. I was reading this morning uh, in Joshua and how God told them to march around. And he said, don't say a word until the seventh day and march around seven times and then have the people shout. And when they did, there's something powerful about shouting that the walls of Jericho came down and victory was won. Psalm 103, verse 1. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my innermost being. There's the passion. Say that with me. All my innermost being. Praise His holy name. Innermost being. I want to get back to the heart of worship. I want to teach you what the Bible says in prayer and in worship. Let's look like the church of the Bible and not a dead and dried up church that needs the coals to be fanned and flamed. In the Old Testament, they were told to never let the fire for the sacrifices go out. And, and I believe there's something to that for us today. Never let the fire of your zeal go out in my innermost being. And I, I'm going to close with this thought about King David. He was a passionate worshiper, wasn't he? By the way, he had some of the greatest favor from God. Uh, in fact, Jerusalem will always be the city of David. What a great honor. Even when David was the biggest mess up, God still was in covenant with him. And even when he messed up, he was still passionate about God. Everyone say passion. So one time, the Ark of the Covenant, most of you know what the Ark of the Covenant represented it. It had it was basically a big box with the poles on it. And then there was two cherubim on top with their wings facing each other. And there in the middle is, was this flame. And it was, the, it was the presence of God. And that's where God would dwell on top of the mercy seat, it was called. Whew. I'm feeling his presence right now. But the Ark of the Covenant had gotten stolen. And, but David and his team they recovered it and i don't want you to get this they were eight miles outside of jerusalem everybody say eight miles now i want you to think about this eight miles outside of jerusalem they took six steps and then did an animal sacrifice and honored god and praised and worshiped and there was so much rejoicing uh every six steps for eight miles, that's approximately 14,000 steps and 2,347 sacrifices over eight miles. And David was right in the middle of it all. 
worshiping. And I want to show you the scripture, 2 Samuel 6, verse 20. Because David was dancing, and when David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of the slave girls of his servants, as any vulgar fellow would. David said to her, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father, Saul, or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. In other words, honey, you haven't seen nothing yet. She was upset because he took off his priestly garment. And he just had the ephod on, which was a sleeveless, kind of a a short to the legs outfit. And she was mad because he took that off so that he could dance better before his God. That the Ark of the Covenant was coming back home where the presence of God would dwell among them. Let's get passionate about worshiping again. Like never before, let's honor him with our music, with our song. And some of you say, well, aren't aren't you a little fanatic? Isn't that a little out there? And I just have to say, I'm sorry. If you knew what the Lord did for me, if you knew how he set me free, if you knew how he forgave me, I'm going to be like the blind man. If you you can't help me, you better get out of my way because I'm going to call his name again. In North Carolina, there's an Air Force base. Some of you may know about it, where they have these F-16s, and it's right there on the interstate. It's really crazy because it's right there by the interstate, and cars that don't realize that that's an Air Force base, when they hear that sonic boom go off over the it had it had caused some accidents, actually. So what they did is... They, they put up signs, and this is, and, and I love this. This is, this is going to drive, this is going to just make your day. It says, pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom. <laughs> I'm sorry if you. If you don't like it, but you don't get to choose how to praise God. He already instructed what to do. You don't don't get to choose how you praise him. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. 
I'm sorry, but you're going to have to pardon our noise because this is the sound of freedom. Mm, I feel his presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nobody else could set me free. Nobody else could forgive me of all of my sin. Nobody else could save me but Jesus. My last scripture today, Hebrews 13, 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips that openly profess his name. What we give God It is what he deserves. We give God what he deserves, not what we feel he deserves. Come on, somebody. Can I get a good amen? He didn't say, if you feel like it, praise me. Therefore, the only two times that you need to praise the Lord is when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Be passionate in your praise and worship. Be passionate in prayer. I I, I love, and I I hope I don't embarrass these two individuals, but I I love to hear my father-in-law pray, Joe Black. So I love to hear Tom Zachary pray. They they are the, and forgive the term, but they're these old-timers from a school that, when they prayed, the earth would shake. And when, when I, I, I can hear them, I can hear them in my head to this day. And they're going, oh God, send revival. Oh God, I, I could hear the shaking in their voice. I hope some of you young bucks sit next to them and learn how to pray a prayer. Get that in your spirit. Get that in you. Why? There may be another time when we're not going to be allowed to meet together. They're already putting pastors in prison for having church services. It's nothing new. It's been going on for centuries. And it's just now starting to hit the Americas. I'm here to tell you today. There may be a time when you wished I would have praised him more. I wish I would have worshipped more. You're not going to be on your deathbed and say, I wished I'd have worked longer hours at my work. As I get older, the more I realized, what else could I have done for Jesus? Why didn't I push even harder Would you stand with me today? Maybe today is a prayer of salvation for you. If you've never prayed this prayer, I I want you to pray with me. Just say, Father, come on, speak it out. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, forgive me of my sin. I believe 
Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. That you died and you rose again to give me eternal life. I accept you as my Savior. And I will live for you passionately all the days of my life. I pray this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And if you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. And if you prayed that prayer, your next step is to be baptized. We would love to baptize you. I, I put the heaters in there. We've got warm water. We've got towels. We, we've got shorts and t-shirts. We've got robes if you want robes. We've, everything's ready. What doth hindereth you from being baptized? And then ask God to baptize me with the Holy Spirit's fire. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit's fire. Because I am passionate, oh God, for you. Would you just simply lift your hands now and lift your voice and honor your God in this place. Jesus, 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 I honor you. I honor you, oh God. 